Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Hello, Terry. Hey, Melinda. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we're a little behind schedule on these shows. I think we you know what? got a little behind. It, we got a little behind, but we got a little in front, too. But you know, good. that's right. We're just all around. We're all around. Yeah. And, and those, we're back. And we're here. Yeah. Uh, would you like to say you're welcome? Uh-huh. Welcome to the history of everything sex and you did that with nuts in your mouth is that what you're eating sour patch kids oh i thought you were eating nuts okay <laughs> i wish i was eating nuts I, oh. I, well there so be better for me <laughs> interestingly we're um talking about sh- nuts nope not exactly darn it um our show today is all about the man who's been dubbed the world's greatest lover. What an honor, Ryan. What an honor. Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? The world's greatest lover. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, can you give me a an like an era? Uh 1700s. Oh. Um, no clue. Casanova. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's why people person. say not a real person. Yeah, exactly. That's why people say acting like you're some Casanova. Exactly. Exactly. A song too. Yes. Casanova. I'm not your Casanova. I'm not your Casanova. That's it. Yep. Yep. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. Giacomo Geralamo Casanova. Giacomo. Was, Giacomo was born April 2nd, 1725 in Venice, Italy. His mother, Zanetta Ferrucci, and his father, Gaetano Casanova, I mean Casanova, were <laughs> carefree actors. Man, they're really trying me here with these Italian names. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, Being an actor was not at all a prestigious career. It was more for outcasts and the lower class. Um, And actors were usually very poor. So a little bit of the opposite of what we got going on today. Mm. Um, And I kind of picture Casanova's parents as like 18th century hippies. Um, Okay. Before he was even a year old, his parents joined a traveling tour group and left the baby with Zanetta's mom, Martzia which, of course, is Casanova's grandmother. Okay. Grandma raised Casanova as well as the five siblings who came along after him. Oh, my. Although there were six grandchildren that Grandma raised, Casanova always held an extra special place in her heart. hmm Okay. So Casanova was a very good-looking young man. I would hope but, so. Yes. But... He still could not or would not speak by age eight. Oh. Yeah. So most people, including his family, assumed that he was mentally retarded. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And he also started having these really bad nosebleeds. Jeez. Yeah. So as the nosebleeds got worse and Casanova became anemic from losing so much blood, his grandma became more and more concerned, as one would. Um, After one seriously scary bleed, she decided enough is enough. It is time to get some help. So, as any good grandmother would do, she took the child straight to a witch. (laughs) The witch rubbed some kind of voodoo oil all over little Casanova's body, placed him into a dark box, and chanted, I know, right? Sounds traumatic to me. (laughs) Right. We're going to trauma those nosebleeds out of you. Right. Uh, And then she chanted some spells over him. Eventually, she opened the box and sent him and Grandma on their merry way. Now, as the witch had forewarned, a beautiful spirit came to Casanova that night and kissed him. Mm. From then on, there were no more nosebleeds, and Casanova started talking. In fact, within one month, he even taught himself to read and write. Golly. I know. One visit to that sorcerer and all You know what? Grandma knew what was up. Right. She knew what to do. Yeah. We laugh at her, but apparently. I know. know, Sorry, Grandma. She could teach us a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, this lit a flame in Casanova, beginning a lifelong fascination with magic and the occult. Okay. Now, his parents had visited on occasion over the years. But it was also while Casanova was eight years old that his father came down with an ear infection, which yeah. escalated and ended up killing him. Ooh. Witches and ear infections killing people. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. They must so, have, like, got it to his brain or something. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Or, maybe or in his artery. blood. Into artery into this heart. It could be. Yes. I see Jeez. how that could happen. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to say exactly why this would have caused his grandma to send Casanova to a boarding school, but that's what she did. I'm not sure how the dad dying influenced getting him sent to the boarding school, but that's that's what she did. Um, Now, some say it was the recent nosebleeds, which a doctor had told grandma were caused by the dense air in Venice. So maybe that's why she's like, we got to get him out of Venice. Let's send him to a boarding school. It may also have had something to do with the fact that there were five other little ones that grandma had to deal with. But for whatever reason, Casanova was shipped out. Casanova hated the residence where he was to live while he was in school. Luckily, he was a very charming child who had the gift of winning the hearts everywhere. In this case, he easily convinced his tutor, Abby Gozi, which is a male, Abby, I'm assuming it's pronounced Abby, uh, to let him live with him in his home. And this was a far better arrangement for Casanova than staying at the school. And he was a star student. He excelled in his studies and he at the University of Padova studying law. So he moves away from Bettina. Besides being extremely smart, Casanova was quite funny, too. And when his mom would roll into town for a brief visit, she would host parties and her son would be the center of attention. One specific example 
Um, at one such get together, the group hushed and the one guy asked the kid, why is it that in Latin, the word for vagina is a masculine noun, while the word for penis is feminine? And without missing a beat, the 12-year-old Casanova replied, it's because the servant takes the name of its master. And the group just erupted in laughter, and he was always wanted to be the center of attention after that. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> See how funny that is? Right, right, right. Put that in your next stand-up comedy. I will. Gig. I will. Now, while in college, Casanova stayed with a wealthy senator by the name of Malipiro. Malipiro. Um, a guy who had become fascinated with the child and wanted to teach him how to be well-mannered and about the finer things that he had not been exposed to while growing up relatively poor. Mm -hmm. And I say child, but he's 17 now. Right. And Casanova absolutely loved it. He was one who really appreciated fancy clothes, good food, and the extravagant lifestyle of the wealthy. As much as the boy and the old man enjoyed hanging out together, Casanova crossed the line when he started flirting with an actress that Malapiro had his eye on. Ooh. The senator cast the boy out, and that was the end of that. Wow. So at 17, Casanova graduated law school. That's how smart this kid is. I know. Smart and handsome. Unfortunately... And he hated law <laughs> and he found that what he really did enjoy was gambling. So, oh, well, shit. Yeah. So he wasn't going to make too good of a lawyer. Right. Even more than gambling, he found that he really enjoyed sex when he lost his virginity also at age 17. And as one would expect, he didn't go to bed that first time with just one beautiful woman. Oh, no. He had to have sisters, Nanette and Martone. So those were his, he had two on his first. Exactly. Yep. The old one-two punch. Wow. Yeah. From this experience, Casanova learned a lesson. When it came to seducing women, it was wiser to seduce two at once. When two women were together, they would compete and try to outdo each other. Ah. Plus, they were less likely to be shy. Like many adolescents, once he had experienced sex, he was hooked. But then his beloved grandmother passed away. And that really did shake him. He decided to enter seminary school and become a priest. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, seminary school is not very kind to those who gamble and sleep around. So he was kicked out pretty quickly. Right. I'm like, what's going to be really going <laughs> to? Yeah. Sometimes you take a path and you just quickly decide that that is not the right path for you. Right, right. No worries. Casanova thought he didn't really want to be a priest anyway. So he decided to join the military. But don't think that this was out of some righteous sense of patriotism. Actually, he just wanted to wear the uniform because uniforms are sexy. Right. <laughs> In fact, before he even signed up for the military, he went to a local tailor and had an especially handsome, perfect fitting uniform made. He wasn't going to go for any other. So he walks in looking all. <laughs> dapper andre 3000 and yeah they're like uh no sir you've got to you gotta wear our costume you gotta swab our the costume. our costume yeah, it's, yeah, it's costume i didn't mean it like that you don't get you that costume until after you right swab the deck and right, the right, deck right. and shit right um so he was bored in the service 
how are you boarding the service? I don't know. But uh, he gambled away his pay as fast as he received it. I mean, he really was a very bad gambler, like bad as in it was a bad habit and bad as in he wasn't good. He didn't he wasn't, do well he, at it. Right, right, right. Right. And yet when he left the military, he decided to become a professional gambler by trade. So as you would expect. No one wanted to say to him, Casanova, listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could do something else with with this face of yours. Right, right. Gambling is not working. This is not the one for you. Now, as you would expect, this too did not last very long. So, by age twenty one, all this had happened by age twenty one, and by age twenty one, Casanova decided that he just he really needed an income. He decided to become a performer like his parents. He was able to play a mean violin. So he joined the local orchestra. And although the gig itself did not pay all that well, this decision ended up being very fortunate for our boy Casanova. After one of the orchestra concerts, Casanova caught a gondola home, as one does. Um, and it just so happened that a very wealthy senator named Matteo Bragadin was in the same gondola. You know, it's like sharing a cab. They were sharing a gondola gondola uh while on their journey the wealthy senator suffered a massive stroke casanova a smart but not medically trained man helped the man home sat by his bedside doing some voodoo shit over him and he even forbade any doctors from coming into the senator's room eventually bregadin recovered and he credited casanova with saving his life when Casanova explained that it was his art of magic that did the trick, the senator was overjoyed. He had always had an interest in such things himself. He immediately took Casanova under his wing and into his home, more or less adopting the young man as his son, though not like officially. Mm -hmm. Casanova was spoiled rotten. He had everything he could possibly want. He still gambled and lost. He loved many women. And in his autobiography, he tells of his romp with a married countess in her carriage, um, <laughs> among others. And according to Casanova, the reason he was able to get so much action was because he knew how to treat a lady. Mm -hmm. he, he would compliment them, like sincerely compliment them. He would listen to them and he would shower them with gifts. He claims that he did so very sincerely, not just to get into their pants. And according to him, he truly loved every woman that he slept with. And when it was over, he would make sure that she was well taken care of, usually by setting her up with a wealthy new partner. He traveled and he had a great time all on the senator's dime. You know what? I'm I'm. I like the guy. You know, he's doing it. Right. He is, he's doing it. Now, when he was 24, he experienced his first time being dumped by a partner. Ooh. He had met Henriette, a witty, free-spirited woman who was traveling disguised as a soldier. Ooh. And the two hit it off and had a great time until she decided to move on. Mm -hmm. When she left, she gave him some money and a note asking him not to try to find her. She also etched with a diamond into the window of the room that they had stayed in. Thou wilt forget Henriette as well. 
he was really shook. Right. He was really sad. So he, I, well, he was really sad, but he was also like, he'd never been dumped before. So he didn't really know how to handle this. He's like, what is this feeling? Yeah. It's me that leaves, not you. Get back here. Right. So he decided to head for Paris for a while. Mm-hmm. On his way to Paris, he stopped in Lyons, France, where he ended up staying for two years. You know, just a quick stopover at Lyons. Well, that's, you know, back then. <laughs> That's what a layover was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Start he, a family. <laughs> why not? He joined the Freemasons and oh. he quickly was promoted up through the ranks to Master Mason before being chased out of the city by the law for his usual unsavory ways, mm. his womanizing and such. So in 1753, now age 28, he's a grown ass man now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Casanova returned to Venice, his home. Here he met a beautiful woman that in his autobiography he refers to as CC, the initial CC. As he always did, he fell madly in love. However, the girl's father did not approve and sent her to a convent to keep the two separated. The girl soon realized that she was pregnant, but just as quickly suffered a miscarriage and she was devastated. She befriended a nun in the convent who Casanova refers to as M.M., and the nun took really good care of C.C. In fact, she took such good care of her that the two became lovers. Hmm. Casanova, who secretly still visited C.C., was fine with this, and he soon joined the ladies. M.M. was in a relationship with the French ambassador to Italy. Excuse me very much. (laughs) And it wasn't long before the love triangle became a love square. (laughs) But eventually it had to end when the ambassador was done with his duties and returned home. So that was a whirlwind. What Casanova didn't know was that the authorities had their eye on him and they were worried that he was passing along national secrets to the French ambassador. Honey, that's not what he was passing along to the French ambassador. Right, right, right. It it wasn't secrets. They were so worried, in fact, that they set out to find a reason to throw Casanova in prison. And the only thing that they could charge him with was black magic and atheism, which obviously were um, against the law at the time. um, Based on the books that he read and conversations that were overheard. So on July 26th, 1755, at age 30, Casanova was sentenced to five years in prison. No trial or explanation. Wow. Your charge is black magic and atheism, five years in prison. Right. He was taken to the Leeds, which is the attic of the Doge Palace. And it's a smoldering, hot, airless, miserable place. Hmm. Casanova knew that he couldn't possibly make it five years in this horrible place where the only furniture in his cell was a bucket to shit in. Mm -hmm. He was able to somehow find and conceal an iron bar, which he used to dig a hole in the floor of his cell. Over the weeks it took to make progress on the hole, the guards, like many before them, became enchanted with the charming funny guy. They had managed to get him a nice armchair to sit in, as well as some books. Hmm. Three days before Casanova planned to execute his escape plan, 
the super helpful guards insisted on moving their new friend to a better, more comfortable cell. When Casanova said, oh, no, I'm just fine right here, the men wouldn't take no for an answer. He said, okay, okay, fine. But if I'm moving, if I'm moving cells, I really need to take this armchair with me because I've really fallen in love with this chair. So they were like, oh, of course, senor, whatever you want. So he moved his chair with him. And he had kept his iron bar in the armchair. So once he was moved, he was able to enlist the help of a fellow prisoner, a monk, who was being held directly above him to help with a new escape plan. This time, the monk did the hard work, making a hole in his floor, which would be Casanova's ceiling, Mm -hmm. which on November 1st, he helped Casanova through. And the two escaped onto the palace roof through a window that allowed them access to the main part of the building. And after hiding out overnight, they walked down the stairs and right out the front door when the doors were unlocked the next morning. Walked right out of prison. Hmm. Not wanting to spend another day imprisoned, Casanova made his way back to Paris. His reputation preceded him, even with no internet, Word had spread about the handsome, clever man who was able to escape the leads. Casanova found a way to make a pretty good living when he set up a lottery. The money from sales was split between the winner of the lottery, himself, and the Parisian government. It was literally a win-win-win. He was also noticed by one of the richest, most peculiar women in all of France, Madame Durfay. After some crazy stunt that apparently, quote unquote, cured her nephew of his sciatica, Madame was <laughs> sure that she had finally found the gifted man who could give her the one thing that she had not been able to obtain, even with all of her wealth. She was sure that Casanova could magic her perpetual youth. Hmm. Of course, Casanova was not one to dissuade anyone from believing in his spiritual abilities and wizardry, especially not an extremely rich woman who was willing to do anything he asked of her in order to achieve this eternal youth. And so Casanova, for about seven years, came up with all kinds of reasons why he needed the madam to supply him with money and usually a room in her awesome mansion, all in the name of magic, of course. Mm -hmm. And When she finally started getting a little impatient with him, Casanova was suddenly ready to set his plan in motion. All that was left to do, he would tell her, was for the two of them to have sex so that he could impregnate the post-menopausal marquee with Mm -hmm. a boy who, when born, Madame Dufay would reincarnate into. No idea how that was supposed to work. I have no idea. Right, 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 right. But of course, it didn't matter because crazily, she did not become pregnant. Hmm. And with that, she was done supporting the scoundrel. She's like, your magic tricks didn't work. Your magic sperm didn't work. I am not a male baby. So off with your head. No, not off with your head, but peace out. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, during this time as the pet of the wealthy Marquis in Paris, Casanova had continued to be an adventurer. At one point in 1760, at age 35, he had some kind of crisis of conscience or something, and he visited a monastery, and he applied to become a monk. Apparently, he was ready to give up all of his sinful ways. 
But after submitting the application and leaving the monastery, he met a beautiful woman who he couldn't help but seduce, at which time he decided that maybe monkery was not for him. Mm-hmm. So, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> In 1761, he was smitten by a gorgeous woman named Leonilda, who he felt looked vaguely familiar. And he was so taken with her that he proposed marriage. And they sent for her mother to come assist with the wedding plans. When her mother arrived, lo and behold, it was a former one of his lovers and immediately informed Casanova that Leonilda was his daughter. Jeez. Yeah. Now, it seems that the crisis was averted, but not so much. He may not have married his daughter, but he certainly had no qualms about sleeping with her and her mother in a gross menage a trois. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, he's like, eh, whatever. I didn't know you were my kid, so it's okay. Now, when but the you jig- know now. Exactly. I know. Right, 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 right. When the jig was up with Madame Durfay, Casanova stole what he could from the woman and headed to England. There, he rented an apartment and he put out ads, you know, Craigslist, um, pretending to look for someone to rent the place from him. But actually, it was just a ploy to get women into his home. Where maybe with, maybe without their consent, depending on who you ask, Mm -hmm. he would seduce them or rape them. It's really up for debate. So that's Mm -hmm. how he was getting some ass while he was in England. So it was while he was in England that he finally met his match. After a lifetime of having women tripping over themselves to get to Casanova and years of having any woman he wanted, there was Anne-Marie Oxberger a 17-year-old prostitute, better known as La Charpion. Charpion was not fooled or impressed or whatever with Casanova and his seductive, smooth-talking ways. Mm -hmm. Not only did she not give Casanova the time of day, she willingly slept with other men, a.k.a. her clients, Um, and Casanova was not happy at all with the humiliation that he felt he ended up getting so angry that he beat this girl really badly jeez yes not see that coming right in fact he was sure that he killed her his family said that she was going to die and so he headed to a bridge intending to take his own life so i at least he felt bad about it i mean right right uh, right god damn Just in the nick of time, some of his buddies came along, talked him down, but he was in really bad shape. Until the next day, when he heard that Sharpion had spent the previous night dancing and slutting it up. Then, to add insult to injury, Sharpion and her mother sued Casanova for fraud and assault. So, right, exactly. To get back at them... Casanova bought a parrot and trained it to say, Sharpion is a bigger whore than her mother. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. You know, right. It really is. Then he displayed idea. I know, right? Then he displayed the talented bird at the public marketplace and sold it. So that'll teach you. Right. Now Um, all these dumb bitch <laughs> yeah this, this bird's in somebody else's house telling that's it right business <laughs> so then casanova did what he often did he left the country mm-hmm. so now he left england and traveled to poland 
This was 1765, and the once smoking hot gigolo was now 40, you know, an old man. Oh, he's so old. I know. And he was starting to decline a bit in the looks department. The many STIs catching up with him and the years of partying and indulging taking a toll on him. In Poland, he tried to set up a national lottery, as he had successfully done before. But now, with his demeanor becoming less charming and more assholish, and his looks starting to fade, people just weren't so drawn by his sales pitch. People sort of started making him feel unwelcome, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, you're a stranger. Like, what are you even doing here? Whereas it used to be, they just laid on yesterday. Exactly. We are so into Fabio now, or (laughs) Lewis and Clark. I don't know who else. 1760 called. They want you back. Right. (laughs) One night, Casanova attended a ballet, and the star was a former lover of his. So after the show, he went backstage to congratulate her. Her man, a Polish nobleman, was not keen on this. And he challenged Casanova to a duel. Mm. And it had to be a duel because apparently Casanova was known as quite the swordsman. So he didn't want a sword fight. It had to be a duel. Right. When the time came, the men took their 10 paces, turned to face each other and fired. Casanova was shot in the hand. The other man was shot in the stomach, a nearly fatal wound. Wow. After this, guess what? Casanova left Poland. You know, he just leaves. He just leaves. So a he tra- a man. <laughs> a short man. Uh, so he traveled around adventuring and seducing until he finally received word that he was allowed to return to his homeland of Venice in 1774. After escaping prison 18 years earlier, Casanova couldn't return for risk of being put right back into prison. But now they offered him a pardon. What he didn't initially know was that the Venetian police expected him to earn that forgiveness by being an undercover informant. Mm. Yeah. So he he was required to report back on any findings of illegal books or activities in the homes that he visited. Mm. So make friends with all the people, go in their houses, snoop around and let us know what you find. Now pushing the ripe old age of 50. Casanova seemed to settle down a little bit. He wrote books detailing his duel with the Polish nobleman. He translated Homer's Iliad, which is a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He wrote a critique of the great philosopher Voltaire. Highly intelligent and great with his words, he was quite the scholar. But at the time, his works were not very popular. He did not sell very well. By 1778, he had fallen out of love with Venice. It was no longer the lively, sinful city that he had remembered. He also was not feeling the love that he once had from his fellow Italians. Mm -hmm. They were over him. (laughs) (laughs) So he headed off to Bohemia, which is now the Czech Republic, which I didn't know before our last episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, here he lived in the castle of Du working as a librarian for the Count of Bohemia. Hmm. He had everything he needed as well as a salary, and he spent most of his time alone writing his memoirs. His autobiography is one of the most honest, interesting stories ever told and gives readers a real glimpse into the life of the 1700s. 
The story spans 12 volumes, which explains why it took him nine years to write it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Casanova died on June 4th, 1798 of a UTI. And it's really astonishing that he lived to the age of 73, just because in that time. That's- right, right, right. Um, that's pretty old, right? Yeah. You know, they yeah. say sex is good for you. So I guess maybe so. Maybe. A famous quote of his is, I regret nothing. But his last words were, I have if lived. Only- <laughs> 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 if Sorry, only I God. hadn't. <laughs> right. I have lived as a philosopher. I die as a Christian. Sure. Whatever, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so according to Casanova. He had had 120 lovers, which, in all honesty, I mean, does that I seem really it'd be more? Right? No, no I would have expected more. I guess maybe it's like because supposedly he didn't really have like one night stands. Like he, you know, he had affairs, he had relationships. Right, right, right. But I still just am like 120. That's all you got. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would have. I was expecting more. Yeah, for the world's greatest lover. I mean, how many did, who is it, Will Chamberlain? Yeah, somebody recently was it just was saying. Crazy. It was a crazy amount. Yeah, and also um, Ron Jeremy. I mean, yeah. his was over uh, well over a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, but he probably wasn't good at it, though. So, you know, right, if you have 120 right. quality, you know, that's right. right quality right, right. over quantity, I guess. Right. (laughs) Now, he did have a method which he perfected. First, he would find a beautiful woman who had a domineering, jealous boyfriend. Then he would seduce her while playing the part of a knight in shining armor, her savior. And then eventually he would get bored of her and he'd be ready to move on. So he would set her up with a wealthy man, sometimes the same guy that he had stolen her from. Right. And you know what? Make- you should give you should give Jim a call. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were with the right guy to begin right, with. Right, right. And then he'd make sure that she would be well taken care of. So he always left I them mean, better than he found them, he said. Right. <laughs> I bet. Um and then of course he would head out of town in search of his next adventure or conquest or whatever. And his four thousand page autobiography was first published completely and uncensored in French in 1960. And it was translated and published in English in 1966. So that's 200 years after he was gone. Mm-hmm. So um, I will not be reading a 4,000 page autobiography, but they do say that approximately one third of it is sex. So Fifty Shades of Grey probably has nothing on Casanova's autobiography. Who knows knows what he got into? Yes. So that's the story of the world's greatest lover and the personification of adventure. Mm -hmm. So um, I do have a couple quick little Casanova facts for you. Okay. Um, Faxanovas? Oh, girl, that was good. You got some Faxanovas? I got some Faxanovas. Okay. Bring it. There are 11 cities in the world named Casanova. Three of them are in Italy, as you would expect. Three are in Spain. Two are in America. Two are in Cuba. And one is in France. Hmm. 
the two states in the United States that have a city named Casanova are, go ahead and guess. California. Okay. And Arkansas. Virginia is for lovers. So, of course, oh, Virginia, okay. Virginia and Pennsylvania. All right. Well, I was wrong. Casanova, Pennsylvania sounds like the worst place in the world to be. I do not want to right, be Right, right, right. Um, some very famous men who have played Casanova. Have you ever seen any movies about Casanova? Or I, No, okay. not that I know of. Yeah. So, um, Arturo de Cordova, which... Of course, I mean, it's one of those names where it probably doesn't ring a bell. But if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, Arturo. Yeah, I know him. Um, okay. Tony Curtis, who okay. was real famous with Marilyn Monroe, like that time yeah. frame. Donald Sutherland. Oh, really? John, yeah. John Malkovich. What? Which okay. I think is hilarious. Yeah. And, of course, Heath Ledger. Ooh. R.I.P. Heath. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he did a good Casanova. I bet he did. Yep. Yeah. Um, the song that you and I were referring to earlier is called Casanova and it's by Lavert. Okay. Yeah, and I do I'm like trying that to song. remember. Yeah. I'm gonna to try to put a little clip Me of that. And song. Romeo ain't never been, been friends. friends. Can't, Can't you see how much, how much I really love you? Let me sing it sing to, it you, to time you time and time, and time again. again. Oh, Casanova. Casanova. Yes, that's the one. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, There were a lot of songs that had Casanova in it. I thought I was going to be able to, like, you know, talk about some of them. But most of them are in Spanish. And it's, okay. it's like, so, it was people I've never heard of. So that's yeah. the one song that I figured would be recognizable. And then last but not least, and this was a rabbit hole that I almost fell down. And I'm like, nope, just stop right now. So there's a rapper named Casanova, and he, for a little while, was kind of, you know, notorious. Like, he, he sold some records, you know. Uh-huh. His real name is Caswell Sr., which should never be a last name, but whatever. Um, oh, his, la- his last name is Sr.? Literally, yeah. Caswell oh, okay, okay. Sr. So I'll make this real short and sweet. Well, as much as so, he was a junior, then he'd be Caswell Senior, junior. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is. What if they named him like Master and he was like Master Senior, Junior or something? Right. I don't know. It's weird. Or Sophomore, Senior, Junior. (laughs) So Casanova, the rapper, uh, Mm -hmm. was among 18 people who were charged. He was in a gang. Okay. And they're part of the Bloods, but they're in New York. And they're called the Untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation. Gorilla like the animal, yes. Stone mm-hmm. like a rock. And um, the gang was accused of many crimes, including drug trafficking, violent assaults. Oh, and the murder of a 15-year-old boy in New Jeez. York. Yeah. Um, at first, Casanova faced charges of like racketeering and stuff. And he's like, I'm not guilty. Well, then they had tapped phone lines and they got all this information because these guys apparently were not very smart right right. and um you know some of his uh gang member friends or whatever because they all have these nicknames uh let's see there was baby there was beagle uh there was 
what was the other one? The Untouchable G. I don't know. They were weird names. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, right now, um, his sentencing date is scheduled for June 27th of this year. Oh, wow. At 3.30 p.m., in case you're available. Oh, in case, right. Right. I'll make sure I <laughs> and, tune in. And Casanova faces up to 60 years in prison. Wow, Casanova. Right. That was not slick. Yeah, he oh. confessed to conspiring to traffic a minimum of 100 kilograms of marijuana. And he... 100 this, kilograms? Yeah. That's a lot, kilograms? right? I don't know. Yeah, a gram is a little bit. A kilogram is a lot of it. Like a kilo is a thousand grams. Right. You have a gram of Coke. It wasn't, I don't know. I guess that just doesn't seem like a lot of marijuana. Like it seems uh, like a lot of cocaine, but not a lot of marijuana. Sorry. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did say marijuana. Okay. Was it well, Coke? I don't know. It's marijuana. But I guess if you're huh. trafficking it, if yeah, you got to stick it up your butt, that's it's probably a, a lot. Right. If you got to put it in your, in your uh, prison you gotta, pocket, you got to keister it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And there's there's like two factions of this gorilla stone nation. Like one is in prison, one is out of prison. And mm-hmm. it's like there's a whole bunch. Of, I was I was about to get into this. And I'm like, no, no, this is right. not about You're like, I need to back. We're, up. we're talking about Giacomo Casanova. Right. Not Caswell Sr. Right. A.K.A. Casanova here. Right. So right, right. not giving him all that much attention, but it did look kind of interesting. So I might have to look mm-hmm. into it later. But. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of the world's greatest lover. Well, that was really interesting. Yes, makes us all regret not living, you know, 250, 300, you know, 250 years ago. Right. When he was young and beautiful and... I'd like to see what he looks. I, I I just looked him up, and it's 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 like he looks like friggin' George Washington. Yes, he looks like everybody you know I mean? else that lived right. In so the it's 1700s. like no, I want to see. There's got to be something about him. Yeah, you know, does I, he lick his lips like LL Cool J or something? I mean, right. what does he do? I want to see him in action. Maybe he had a Brad Pitt face, and then just had the white wig on. White wig on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, if I could picture him as Heath Ledger. I'm well I yeah see. i mean okay yeah yeah, yeah so yeah if, if i saw george washington george washington george washington ooh, heath ledger right casanova yeah. hey, casanova <laughs> casa yes nope that was a bad one <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late well, melinda thank you of course that's it anything else mama um just I hope everybody has a wonderful week and you just make someone happy. Just make forward. somebody smile. Make somebody smile. That's a great one. Yes. Let's do that this week. Yes. Let's all yes. try that. All right, man. All right. All right bye.